Our scripture reading is from Luke 2, verses 1 to 20. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Well, hey, Merry Christmas. Uh, my name is Nate, serve as a pastor here at Redeemer City. And whether you're here in person or online, uh, just really, really good to be with you this evening. Well, in the middle of that passage is the whole purpose of Christmas. It's about one thing. It's about good news that brings great joy. And you know, this is the time of year where that word joy is etched in our minds. It's all over our coffee cups. It's over our ads. And then there are those moments, right? Uh, some of you kids, are you excited to open gifts tonight or tomorrow? Is the, there's one more day left, a few more hours, one more night of slumber, and gifts are going to be had, and you're going to be more than likely happy, hopefully, right? Like, there's going to be joy. I remember... When I was um, 16, and my parents got me this gift, and let's put it this way, I didn't even ask for it, because for me, it was too big of an ask, okay? And yet that night, my parents got me a six-string acoustic guitar, and I was full of joy. Let's be honest, these are moments in which we experience joy, and yet there's also something about this joy that we kind of know intuitively that it's oftentimes temporary, right? The thing you most want on this day, months later, is kind of laid aside, right? If I were to give my daughters what I gave them when they were eight and got really excited in American Girl Doll this year, they'd be like, Dad, what are you doing? 
right? There's a, a temporariness to the joy that we experience. But the other side of this moment of joy is this. Oftentimes, this season of Christmas is the hardest for many of us. Whether it's simply the dark, gray winter that we experience, or I guess I could say fall-like experience we're having these days, or it's simply this. It's the first Christmas in which you're without a loved one. And it even makes it that much harder to walk through these days. Or think about this for a moment. It's, it's the reality of today, driving on Gammon Road and seeing the COVID testing facility and seeing the line around the corner as people get tested so they can go see their family and friends and make sure they're safe. There's, there's something about this season that there's tension. There is in, there's a sense in which when we talk about joy, some of us might think that would mean that we need to cover our eyes and forget our circumstances. You know, um, in other words, we know there's joy, but oftentimes it's temporary. And we know there's joy, but we also recognize it's vulnerable. It can be taken in a moment. It's threatened, as one author put it, with the events and relationships that threaten to undo us. And yet, let me submit to you tonight, this evening, this news that brings great joy is a joy that is not temporary. It's a joy that is not fading. This joy that is about tonight is, is something that's not circumstantial. It's actually something that you can depend on in good or awful circumstances. To put it succinctly, this news that brings great joy is an untouchable joy. And I want us to see four things tonight about this joy. It's a historical joy. It's an inclusive joy. It's a Christ-centered joy. And it's a transformative joy. So let's pray, and we'll get in for a moment here tonight. Um, Father, we pray tonight as we sit here and we consider the moments of our days and we consider this joy, would you meet us? Would you help us to encounter you in your word? Would we leave here not the same? And we ask you to do this in and through the work of your spirit, we pray. Amen. Well, it's a historical joy. You know, you'll notice when our text opens, it has all these facts. It talks about these rulers, about Caesar Augustus, about the, who is the governor of Syria, Quirinius, all the way down to this talk of a lineage of David, being from the line of David. And we must not move past this. Luke, for these things are not idle things. And here's what Luke is saying. Here's what his proposition is. Is Christmas is true. Christmas really happened. You know, at the beginning of Luke's gospel, he writes that he's met with eyewitness accounts. He talks about how he's been following closely for some time to write an orderly account. And he's doing this to provide a level of certainty concerning these things. 
And here's why that's important. See, oftentimes, this time of year, we love it because there's the red Starbucks cups. We love it because there's lights on the houses. We, we love it because there's gatherings like this where we sing carols. It makes us feel warm and fuzzy. And that's all fine. But Luke is not interested in giving you something warm and fuzzy based on myth or on legend. Luke wants to give you something that is true. Have you considered that? Particularly tonight, if you're curious or skeptical or just had to come here with your family, and this is a whole new thing for you, I want you to hear this. Luke is writing something, and he's saying this, this really happened. But secondly, it's an inclusive joy. You know, we saw it in verse 10, it, it says this, you know, the, 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 um, the angels come and they say, fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. All. Not just some, but all. And that means that this news that brings great joy is not for an elite social class. It's not merely for the beautiful. It's not merely for some particular ethnic group. It's for all. And this isn't just a nice slogan. It's, not just, it's, it's amazing here because this whole account is what? It's an angelic chorus doing what? Announcing something. To who? Who's the audience in this story? It's shepherds. Do you know who shepherds were? Randy Alcorn writes this. He says this, Shepherds stood on the bottom rung of the Palestinian social ladder. They shared the same unenviable status as tax collectors and dung sweepers. And this is remarkable, because who gets the news first on that night? Who does God send with an angelic chorus to tell? It's the nobodies. It's the unimportant. It's the one that people just look past, that don't value. That's who God sends it to. And that means this, that this joy, this news it's for all. Do, do you ever feel like no one sees you? Do you ever wonder if you matter to God? Did you realize what this means in this passage? It's an example. God is saying, I'm coming to the nobodies of the day, and I've got news that brings great joy. And that means whether you are poor or whether you're rich, whether you feel like you're important or whether you feel like you're unimportant, guess what? This news is for you. And thirdly, it's a Christ-centered joy. You know, one of the things um, C.S. Lewis in his book, Surprised by Joy, it's a spiritual autobiography. C.S. Lewis was not a Christian, and it was really through thinking about joy and a lot of other things, he became a Christian. But one of the things he found out as he was thinking about this dynamic of joy, he, he, made this, he made this observation that the pursuit of joy for its own sake is a dead end. In other words, you can't just chase the feeling. Um, but he said this, that in, in essence, he said this, that joy was pointed to something, as one other author summarized it, that was better than itself. 
It was a window to something better than itself. And in Luke's account, the source of this joy that is untouchable is all bound up in verse 11. This is what it says. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The untouchable joy is all bound up in a birth announcement about Jesus. And there's three titles we see here. He's a Savior, he's the Christ, which means he's a king, and he's Lord. Now, at this point, if you're just dropping in the story, it probably doesn't mean a whole lot. So, for example, this last week, on Tuesday, our family went and saw Spider-Man No Way Home. It was a really good movie, a lot of fun. But one of the things about that is if you go into that movie and you've only seen the Tom Holland versions of Spider-Man, then it actually would be helpful, and I won't spoil it here, but it'd be helpful to watch the other versions Because when you go to the movie, you'll understand the context of the story. In other words, you need context. Well, let me give you some brief context to why this announcement matters so much and what it means. I'll do it this way. We've We've been going through a series over the last three weeks in our Advent series, What Are You Waiting For? And we've been looking at at the prophet Isaiah writing six centuries before the first Christmas. And he's been talking about what God is promising, that what God is going to do and show up. And for example, in Isaiah 9, this is what we hear, that God has promised that he's going to send a king who would would have the title of the Prince of Peace, and that he's going to actually usher in a world of peace. In fact, the imagery in Isaiah 9 is that the boots and garments used for warfare, they're no longer needed and they're burned. In Isaiah 61, we get this picture of a king who's a spirit-empowered servant who would bring about a world of justice. In other words, those who are broken-hearted, downcast, suffering, oppressed, would actually be released. And they'd be comforted, and all wrongs would be righted. And then in Isaiah 40, we saw this God speak tenderly to his people who were wondering if God's love had run out wondering if God had finally been done with them. And God shows up with tender compassion and people who were far from home, he says, I'm going to come after you and bring you home. In other words, tonight, if you've ever longed for peace, if you've ever longed for justice, if you've ever wondered if God's love had run out on you, then Isaiah is saying, just wait, wait. And this birth announcement on that first Christmas is saying, the news is this, the waiting is over. The king has arrived. Jesus is here. The one on whom all the hopes and dreams and promises of God have all culminated in this Jesus. The joy that is untouchable, the joy that is unfading, the joy that it endures in good times and in hard times is all bound up in this news. It's all bound up in this Jesus. So what are you going to do about this news? That's the last thing. 
the transformative part of this joy. You have to do something with this news. You have to do something. There's actually four things here. I'm only going to go on two tonight because it's Christmas Eve and you got presents to open. But we talk about the other couple things throughout the year. But two things. First, you've got to see. Look at what the shepherds do in verses 15 and 16. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. What do they do with the news? They just hang out? No, no, no. They need to go see what this news is about. And they go with haste. What will you do with this news about Jesus? Let me say this tonight. If you're not a Christian, maybe you're curious, maybe you're skeptical. Um, like I said, maybe you lost a bet and you're here tonight. I'll just say this. Can I humbly implore you to explore the person of Jesus? This Jesus is like no other. This Jesus comes and he inaugurates a kingdom of justice and peace and compassion through a paradoxical life of weakness and suffering and servitude all the way, the eyewitness accounts say, to his death on the cross and a bodily resurrection. And it's a promise that he'll return again to consummate that kingdom This is what Luke's gospel reveals. This Jesus is like no other king you've met. Let me say this. Perhaps it might mean plugging in to a church where you're going to hear on a weekend, week-out basis about who Jesus is. Come on Sundays here. Or it might mean the, the friend who invited you, grabbing coffee with them and talking with them about what Jesus has done in their life. Or maybe it's just taking this gospel of Luke and it'll take you two and a half hours, that's like four Netflix shows, and reading reading the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and just asking the question, who is this Jesus? What are you going to do with this news? You're going to do something. But secondly, verse 19, what does Mary do with this news? Look at it. This is what she does. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. What does Mary do with the news? She treasures them and ponders them. One of the things, I'll say this, and this is particularly thinking about Christians One of the reasons why this news that brings great joy is so often very small in our lives is because we do not follow Mary like this. We do not ponder. It is hard to ponder in our day, is it not? We are so distracted. But Mary ponders. She treasures. So let's do this for a moment, okay? Let's ponder for a moment what this might mean for a Christian 
And I'll grab from an 18-year-old, Jonathan Edwards, one of the greatest American theologians of our time, 200 years ago approximately, one of his earliest sermon manuscripts, it was when he was 18, okay? And here's the title, Christian Happiness. And the point of his sermon was this, a Christian should be happy whatever his outward circumstances are. And here are, like every good pastor, his three main points, okay? One, their bad things will work out for good. Two, their good things cannot be taken away. And three, their best things are yet to come. I'll hit it real quick. Firstly, one, their bad things will work out for good. He's just talking about that kind of classic passage, Romans 8, 28, where God says, all things... God works in all things for our good. For those who have been called according to his purpose. It doesn't mean that everything that happens in your life is good. But it says actually what God can do in your life, in the midst of hardship and suffering, actually he's at work to make you more like his son. Do you understand that, listen, this has been a hard year. I was talking to my wife this morning. We can't wait to get to 2022, okay? But the truth is for us, and for you, if you're in Christ, what this means, the hardship you've walked through in a year, that is not wasted. God wants to do something in your life. I'll tell you what he's doing in my life. It's making me a lot less self-reliant. And I need that. Because my posture is to be competent and to be good enough and to have it figured out. And quite honestly, most of the time, I'm just faking it. But secondly, their good things cannot be taken away. It means things like adoption to God's family, forgiveness of sins, justification in the sight of God, union with him. If those words don't mean something to you, find out what they mean. Do you understand this? Your Christian, your weaknesses, your failures, your sin cannot separate you from the love of God. Do you know that tonight? That's why you have reason for joy. Even if you've been unfaithful, Thirdly, their best things are yet to come. A new heaven, a new earth, a new body. Do you understand what this means in our day of COVID? It means one day for a Christian, you will be strong and you will be healthy forever. Christian, this is what you have in Christ. This is the untouchable joy that you have right now. This is what is offered to all. This is what Isaac Watts wrote back in 1719. It's the first hymn we sang tonight. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for this good news of great joy. And Lord, we pray that those who are here, who are exploring, not sure what they think, not sure what they believe, um, Lord, I pray that you would reveal your grace and your truth to them through conversations 
through your word, through your people. We pray that even tonight, you'd be at work in their lives, drawing them to yourself. We pray for those of us who, who name you, who know you. We pray that this news of great joy would sink into the very warp and woof of our life, that it would transform us from the inside out. And Lord, we pray that you would even now restore to us the joy of our salvation. Amen.